0: welcome to the soil and stars podcast this is a podcast about living a meaningful life in all ways we'll talk about astrology and other wisdom traditions creativity natural health spirituality and all sorts of practical day-to-day life stuff i'm your host molly moorhead so much for being a part of the Soil and Stars ecosystem and supporting me in my work and letting me support you back. Thanks to all of you who have had astrology readings, whether birth chart readings or horary specific question readings this summer. It's been really a joy and I feel like I've learned a lot. Thanks to all of you who bought art and stickers. I have wasn't planning on making art my big focus right now, but things just sort of shifted and I've made these stickers and, you know, thanks to, thanks so much to those of you who bought sticker sheets. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to my website, soilandstars.art and there you can book an astrology reading or you can buy said six sticker sheets. And uh, yeah, it's just super appreciated. Thanks for being on the journey with me. All right, on to the show. Hello and welcome. This is Molly. I'm so glad you're here. I have a super special episode to you, for you today with Isabel Friend. So she, if you don't know her work already, she's all over YouTube. She has a bunches and bunches of educational videos about water on YouTube. She has her online store of it's kind of this directory of water tools and uh, online courses and books and all all these um, <laughs> magical things and. Uh, yeah, her her website waterislife.love uh if you're not familiar with her work get ready to have your mind blown uh i don't even know what else to say i i really had the privilege and the joy of going to one of her in-person retreats in mexico over this past this past winter uh which is nice anyway right i'm like oh i'm going to go to <laughs> the uh the what do they call it the mayan riviera in February. Like that sounds pretty good. Uh, and it was, it was so wonderful. And for me, it was very integrating because I had learned, I'd been learning from her online and I was like, I need to have a real in-person experience. Um, and yeah, that was extremely helpful. So we're going to get into all kinds of practical and super, you know, esoteric spiritual stuff as regarding, as regards water in this conversation, uh, that if you're brand new to this, you might be just a little bit confused. So don't worry about it. (laughs) Just listen. If you want to highly recommend, just listen and take it in and, you know, and follow up. If you're, if you're caught by this, if it's drawn you in, you know, just follow up and learn more. Uh, she has so much, so many resources and a you know, all the basic ones are free, like her free webinar, "A Living a Living Liquid Crystal," which I've had to watch a few times to really get it. The first time, I was just kind of like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> but uh, the, the next couple times I watched it, I actually felt like I was able to take it in. I really learned a lot from her navigating the waters course, which is really just looking at the consumer choices of water and what, like, how it actually all works and what is most helpful. There's not one right answer, right? Other than if you live near a spring, you should definitely harvest spring water. But other than that, what your options are. And that was super clarifying to me because I really was coming in from the personal health standpoint with just like a lot of curiosity and questions. You could also be coming in more from like a land management and ecology standpoint, which is its own kind of rich exploration we don't get into very much in this conversation let me just put a note though that if you are wanting to learn about that excuse me if you're wanting to learn about that a wonderful resource I learned from Isabel at the retreat is an online community called water stories the guy who started it is named Zach Weiss and that's what it's all about it's uh there's all these like film events like so the online community is free and there's all these films you can watch uh, and like webinars you can go to to learn about water cycle restoration, watershed restoration, uh, ecology, land management as it rel- relates to the water cycle. And then there's a there's an online course that you can take too, which I would love to do at some point. Uh, so that's, if you're coming in from that side that I would definitely suggest going there. And then also Isabel is going to be teaching, a a, cl- a course soon about farming, which I know she's been working on for a while, which is really exciting. Um, I'm going to record a separate thing that we're just where I tell you what I do to my water now, like my water practices, what I do to my water sounds kind of weird, but my, my water practices, I'll record that and put it on the Patreon. You can listen to that for free, uh for you know, if you want to, because I get a lot of questions about that, but I just don't want to bog down the podcast with uh, you know, like a how-to manual. Um, but so I just want to give you a little bit of backstory though of where I came from in this because I think some of you will really relate to it and yeah, you just so you know where I'm coming from. So for for years, I mean I was studying all about health and food and mindfulness and herbs. And I wasn't really finding good information about water, but I knew that the municipal tap water didn't seem quite right because, I mean, it tasted like chemicals, right? And, uh, I was thirsty a lot and, uh, that didn't seem, that didn't seem quite right. So, you know, I was just trying to figure out what the deal was with, water. Like I know it's not bottled water. I know that's not the answer. That seems obvious. Tap water doesn't seem like it's quite the answer either. Okay. What's the deal with different water filters? No idea. Cause I just read about them and they all just claim to be the best, but I don't have any actual information. <laughs> and then, uh, when Kate and I moved from California to Nebraska, We didn't have our water filter set up yet, and we didn't have it set up for a long time because I couldn't find it. It was in a box. (laughs) It was in a box somewhere, and uh, I didn't know where it was. And so Kate didn't want to drink the tap water, so she was buying water from the natural food store, and it was reverse osmosis water. They also sold water that had minerals added back to it, but... I don't know if they had that then, or we didn't, I have no idea. So she was drinking reverse osmosis water. I was not, because I was like, I don't know, as a kid living here, I drank tap water. Anyway, so she was drinking that, and she went for this long bike ride, just like getting to know the area. And she came back, and she, I mean, we figured out she had heat exhaustion. Like, she was not well at all for a couple of days. Uh It was kind of scary it was weird i'd never seen anything quite like it before and uh basically i got her drinking the tap water which i it's not it's not great right but it is high in minerals where we live i was like uh i don't remember what happened first and why i knew to do that but i got her drinking the tap water and within a couple hours she was better like she was able to get up and move around without getting dizzy and yeah like everything was better and that really freaked me out because I'm like what's going on here and of course I learned I did some research and what I did learn was that uh, reverse osmosis water and distilled water like those are really wonderful in a laboratory context for certain things right because it's just water but water is never found that clean in nature even even rain water which is also really low mineral isn't that clean water is always trying to it's like It's like how the soil is always trying to cover itself with plants, right? It's like what weeds are, (laughs) that's what they do, right? They cover the soil, protect it from getting um, dried out and burned by the sun. But uh, water is always like, it's always pulling things into itself too. It's a a solvent, right? So when you have water that's that clean... It pulls minerals from your body, right? It actually, instead of adding back and nourishing you, it it depletes you over time. And uh, I think it's probably very nice to use for certain things, like if you're running it through an espresso machine or something like that, right? But in terms of like your actual drinking water, it's not really, yeah, it's considered an aggressive solvent. It's not safe long-term, and so then I'm like, well, what, else? like, I just felt like there was so much more going on than anything that I was finding. And I finally encountered Isabelle's work and I was like, yes, <laughs> because she takes it to a whole other level, whole other level. Uh, and, uh, at the, and And I came to her work also being like, how can I fix it? Like, how can I fix it so that my... Water I'm drinking is optimally healthy, but now in coming back from her retreat, I'm like, oh, it's not even about that. It is about the relationship. It's about the relationship with water and stewarding that relationship. It's not about fixing it exactly, right? It's about tending the relationship, and that's a really nice thing to step into. So there's not one thing you have to do, but it's about tending that relationship relationship. So I think, I think that's the main stuff I want to share with you. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation and to connect with Isabel's work um, or connect with it further. So I'd like to read what Isabel says about herself and her work real quick. Uh, so this is from her website, waterislife.love. So she says, water is life is a hub of articles, videos, and events devoted to the information, inspiration, and integration of recent research and ancient wisdom into the true nature of water, the source of life. Uh, what she says about herself is, I've been studying water for 13 years. <clears throat> I think it's more now, but I've been studying water for 13 years from scientific, spiritual, biological, and eco-political perspectives. Since then, I've taught in seven countries, had the honor of working with some of the most brilliant water scientists alive, and have become a water ambassador, helping people shift their relationship with the source of life, which is utterly life-changing. So yeah, she's uh, a water ambassador, water teacher, and uh, all around just amazing person to be uh, in communication and community with. So, uh, without further ado, here is Isabel Friend. All right, Isabel, thank you so much for coming on this show. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, will you just start us off with a little like, I'm going to intro you beforehand so you don't have to say all the things, but I would just love it if you would share a little bit of your story of like how you got to be, you know, doing what you're doing, which is so purpose driven. In terms of sharing all about water, like how you you know how you got there and some of your backgrounds, so people kind of get to know you a bit as a
1: human. Sure, I would be happy to, and thank you for having me on. It's nice to connect with you again. (laughs) Um, My background with water goes back to 2009 when um, I was a nutritionist and I was studying the effect that eating wild uh, food has on our gene expression. And that's when I started getting curious about the effect that drinking wild water would have on our health. Um, and so I started drinking pretty much exclusively from raw wild springs and just wildcrafting and harvesting all my own water from springs. And it made such a difference to my life personally, just in mind, body, and spirit. Um, and right around that same time, I was introduced to the work of Victor Schauberger, who was the most incredible um, naturalist from Austria back in the 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s, and he had a better understanding of water than even the world's most advanced hydrologists today. Um, you know, they say that what Tesla was for electricity, Schauberger was for water. And actually in Tesla's later life, he was studying Schauberger's work. So I consider Schauberger to be the most brilliant person (laughs) ever to have lived. Definitely one of my heroes. And when I started reading his insights and discoveries about water, I started to realize, wow, you know, water really holds the answers to all of humanity's toughest questions, bar none. So from then on out, I was just obsessively fascinated. I was reading everything I could get my hands on. And it wasn't until so that was around two thousand and nine. It wasn't until probably twenty fourteen that I started teaching about water. And then it was uh, early twenty nineteen when um when I started doing so professionally. And it was actually at a ceremony in late twenty eighteen. When spirit told me very clearly to just drop everything else that I was doing and just focus solely on water. And I, of course, at the time had no idea what that would look like because no one's ever heard of a professional water expert. <laughs> but you know, it just goes to show you listen to spirit and, um, and things work out. So I've been doing that ever since and feel blessed and grateful because I'm infinitely inspired by and passionate and about what I do. It is a mission that, as I said, does hold the answers to all of humanity's toughest questions and is just so rewarding. Even now, after 14 years of studying water, I still learn something new about water almost every single day. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Where do you find Victor Schauberger's work? Like I haven't gone there yet. Like what yeah, how do you get how do you get his stuff for anyone who wants to read it?
1: Oh, so good. It's all of his books are so good, but they're they're all translated from Austrian. So I would recommend um, Callum Coates' translations as the main ones to start with. It can be a bit dense to slog through. <laughs> like sometimes okay. you have to read each paragraph two or three times, uh, but it's really really worth it for the codes that he drops. So any of the Callum Coates translations, there's one that's called um, Living Water or sorry it's called living energies and it talks about the the energies that are present in water and about the constructive and destructive forces the implosive and explosive forces of nature Um, how water can generate free energy, all of that kind of thing. And then if there are any gardeners or um, agriculturalists or permaculturalists who are listening to the show, you can learn a lot more about Schauberger in my upcoming course, which will be all about farming and gardening, and we'll have a lot of his free energy kind of insights tied up in there.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. So I just looked it up. It looks like living energy is an exposition of concepts related to the theories of Victor Schauberger. I don't know if that's the one you're talking Olaf, about.
1: Olaf Anderson? No, uh, Callum Coates. That's a um, Callum Coates. Okay. Yeah. Olaf okay. Anderson has another good translation. Okay. I'm not sure which, what it's called. Yeah.
0: I, I have to. Is it. This one is $75. Are there like just. I bet there's just. Oh, okay. I bet there's some that are. Then you just have to dig around and find them on whatever book selling website. It sounds like it's not too strange. I just didn't find it at first pass, maybe.
1: Yeah, you know, some of the PDFs are available online, some of the things are available on Kindle, some of the books you can get. Um, I'm not sure if half.com is a thing anymore. It used to be the book selling part of eBay. That used to be my favorite place to get books when I was back in the States. (laughs) Yeah. So that can be a good one. Yeah. Sometimes some of the more obscure titles can uh, get a a bit pricey on Amazon.
0: But like on like half price books or like, oh, there's so many Mm -hmm. like Use bookseller. Yeah, cool. That sounds great. So, yeah. And actually,
1: shopping. if you go to my shop, if you go to waterslife.shop, if you go under the category that says under the tab that says learn, there's a whole library in the shop where you can find all of my top recommendations on water books. Okay. Cool. in every single genre, whether it's ecology or health and biology or um, energy or you know deep space or water alchemy or any of those things. So there's a whole bookstore on there as well. And it has I, a lot of Schauberger's books.
0: Your shop is so great because it has all the things. It's like, thanks. oh, there's a water thing? I'll just go there.
1: <laughs> it has a lot of things. It's got thousands of listings on it. Sometimes it's a lot to keep up with on the back end, but... Yeah, sure. we definitely needed something like this in the world because it's it kind of consolidates everything, and also everything goes through a vetting process. So you know, there's a lot of swag on the market when it comes to water stuff, but everything that's on this site is, you know, vouched for.
0: Yeah, no, it's so great. I mean, is anyone else even doing that? I haven't found it. Like, I found some people who sell <laughs> various things, but not like yours.
1: Yeah. As far as I know, it's the only one like that. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, like you said, there's different, there's different companies that have their products, but this is kind of like a directory of all of them.
0: I mean, you're the first person I encountered who is like really been talking about this stuff since then. I found some more people who are talking about it and the analemma water people are on podcasts mm-hmm. now. And some of that's all happening, yeah. but it was like for years, all I was finding was um essentially a sales copy from companies that were selling water purifiers. Right. And I was like, this is sales Mm -hmm. copy. Like, I'm not saying it's (laughs) all wrong, but it's not telling me the actual story, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's the thing about the water space is there's so much to learn and there's more that's being discovered all the time. And it's at the cutting edge of all of these different fields of science from, you know, from medicine to agriculture, to climate, to all of these different things. And yet all of the research is pretty much relegated to You know, kind of dry, dusty research papers or to obscure books that nobody has ever heard of. And it hasn't really broken into the mainstream at all. And insofar as it has, you know, a lot of it either becomes kind of co opted and made really woo woo by hippies. And so the rest of the world just kind of um, shrugs it off, or it's commodified to to sell things, or it's just, um, yeah, just largely misunderstood. So, there's there's a, definitely a water awakening happening on the planet right now. Though there are a lot of people who are starting to to recognize the importance of this topic and starting to delve deeper into it. So I'm really grateful for that shift starting to happen.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Uh, so will you uh will you just talk about like what like hang on, let me back it up a little bit. I'm just thinking about the idea that water is alive, water is life, and how still I think in school, you know, you're told water is non-living, right? And like my like attempt at going to university in 2004 and studying science, like that was, that that sort of stuff was why I was so dissatisfied and left primarily. Like I left university Mm -hmm. after three semesters, partly just, I mean, at least over half of the reason being because I was so frustrated with scientific kind of model and there's so many kind of amazing things science has found but it was all just kind of like seeing the world as non-living and seeing the world as devoid of consciousness and then treating it as such in terms of the way it was all being studied and talked about like it just didn't make any sense to me and some other person might have been able to push through and learn this stuff anyway and then whatever but I couldn't do that and uh so that's a little background there for me but like for the person who's listening who has not really questioned that if there's someone listening who's not really questioned that like why is water alive like what's the story there
1: yeah, this is one of the topics that we could dive into for hours and hours, honestly. And it's you know, <laughs> I one know of, one of the main drivers of of my research, and it's it's not necessarily easily um, encapsulated. It's much more easily experienced. But there was a um, biologist by the name of Dr. Gilbert Ling, who by the end of his career of studying life, you know, he went into biology because he wanted to understand what is life fundamentally. By the end of his career, he said life is structured water and death is the destructuring of water. Mm. So water, you know, every living thing is made of water. It's the first sign of life that we look for on other planets. There's not a single thing in the world that doesn't begin its life in water, whether we're talking about a seed or an embryo. And not only does water give life, but water itself is a conscious living entity. In fact, it may in fact be the vessel, the the physical body of life itself. In other words, when the esoteric principle of life force energy, the Holy Spirit, if you will, wants to incarnate in physical form, it has to do so through the body of water. Mm -hmm. Water is as it's been said, you know, um, I think it was Moses Hackman said, water is the glove on the hand of consciousness. Um, it's also been said that water is the sensitive chaos, or in other words, is the is the sensory organ of God, the sensory organ of the universe, the way that the universe senses and feels and thinks and perceives. Um, and so if you look at any ancient indigenous culture, all of the wisdom keepers throughout the ages and and throughout the world, they all knew for a fact that water is a conscious living entity. And we're seeing that mirrored in a lot of the research and the studies that are coming out around water's responsiveness, um, the reciprocity of communication with water, not only water's ability to reflect what it perceives, but also to upgrade, refine, and artistically provide insight into the the stimuli that it receives. So, you know, we're seeing in, in laboratories that she has complex problem-solving capabilities, for example, um, and that she's capable of incredible quantum feats that absolutely defy the laws of physics. For something to be the vessel of life itself, it would have to almost you know, it would have to defy the laws of physics in in order to do so. It would have to be the one thing that defies everything. And that's certainly true of water. You can't really put her in a box. She's the most versatile thing in the entire universe. She's found all throughout the universe. You know, And and again, every living thing starts its life in water. Even whether we're talking about the smallest things like cells or the biggest things like our sun, even our sun, which I also consider to be living and alive and conscious – Even our sun begins its life in water. Inside of the Orion cloud complex, which is the star nursery where our sun was born, there's enough water to fill the earth's oceans 10 million times. And Hmm. it's not inert there. It is a very active mother and midwife in the process of birthing stars. So yeah, water is definitely very much alive. So beautiful. Uh, So for years, I thought to
0: myself, the reason that prayer works is because God is also inside. And mm-hmm. when I started learning from you, I was like, oh, like maybe I'm oversimplifying it a bit. But in a way, it feels like God is water. or God is expressed mm-hmm. through water.
1: absolutely i mean i the more i've learned about water the more i've definitely come to this conclusion and you know i studied theology in college and i i dropped out of college to move to an ashram and devote my life to god you know i've always been a mystic i've always been deep in that devotional path and it's taken me in a lot of directions but um but i've always had this absolute fascination with divinity and discovering you know the heart of god and and just being in in worshipful communion with that and in that process i've i've studied a lot of scriptural teachings from a lot of different religions and a lot of different of uh, mystic mystic sects of different religions and also indigenous teachings and again and again and again you see these very similar themes coming up over and over again um throughout all of them that there's this there's this concept of holy water, and that holy water actually acts as the vessel of communication in between the manifest and the non-manifest worlds, in between the um, in between existence and pre-existence. You know, in between the human and the heavenly. That what mediates the transfer of energy, information, vibration, frequency, uh, intelligence, prayer, life force energies, evolutionary forces of life, um, all of these things, they all come through water. And so perhaps water is itself the physical body of God. Do I think that water is the entirety of God? Well, I think that depends on your definition of water because the definition that most of us have for water is just woefully falls short of of what water actually is. So typically when we say the word water, we're talking about the physicality of solid, liquid, or gas. But that would be like if I'm talking to you, Molly, and I said, hey, Molly, but I'm only talking about your body your physical body. Obviously, that's not who I'm talking to right now. I'm talking to your mind and your spirit and your energy and the totality of all of the things that make you who you are, including your body, right? But we tend to um, oversimplify water in this way and to assume that she doesn't also have a mind and a body. But in my research, I've come to find that she does. Water not only has her the the physical body, but she also has a mind and a spirit. And I consider the mind of water to be the etheric field or dark energy. It's also called um, the quantum field or source point energy, or uh, or the akashic records, or the Tao, or it's been called um, orgone energy, the orgone field. Um, it's been called odic energy. I mean, there countless different terms for this infinite field of energy and information that is super fluidic in nature and is ever present across all time, space, and dimension. It's like an all-pervasive cosmic ocean that ties everything together and acts as a morphogenic field of information from which the patterns of this reality are sourced. That I believe is the mind of water and we can see that water is in constant communication with that field. There's this constant communion happening. In fact, one of the primary roles of water in nature is as an orgone accumulator, is as a, a generator and a storehouse of this this chi energy, this um, this pulsing field of of orgiastic liquid consciousness, and the spirit of water. I believe to be hydrogen. Um, And there's a whole rabbit hole of that that we can go into about why, you know, why I've come to discover that. That's (laughs) that's That's actually been where where most of, it's so fun. That's where most of my research has been taking me in the past year or two actually. Um, But yeah, suffice it to say there's a mind, body, and a spirit of water. I also believe that that God has a mind, body, and spirit. It's the Holy Trinity, right? It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can you separate the mind, body, and spirit of water from your mind, body, and spirit, from the mind, body, and spirit of God? Or are they all the same triune trinity, all the same triune whole? Well, I think they're all the same. I really do. You know, in in um, if we're gonna go into the kind of the Christian theology side of things, it's said that Christ is the living waters. And there were numerous um, uh, Christian theologians in the early church who were uh, very vocal about the fact that they did not believe that to be metaphorical. And Mm
0: -hmm. the more
1: that I've studied Christian theology and, and biblical scripture, the more it just becomes increasingly apparent that Christianity itself is a water religion before it is anything else. And that understanding the secrets of living water you really start to tap into this, this deeper understanding of the way that God works and moves in the world. You know, water was mentioned 722 times in the Bible. It was mentioned more than love, more than prayer, more than worship, more than any of these things that have come to be associated with mm. uh, Christianity. Water is the primary theme. It's the very first words in Genesis. It's the very last words in Revelation. You know, again and again and again, it's it's shown that, you know, Christ was poured out over creation. Christ is the living waters. Christ will open up living waters on the inside of us. Um you know there there are just so many references. You know it says three different times in the Bible that God's voice is the sound of many waters. And mm-hmm. all of these things are typically taken to be metaphorical but what if mm. they're actually not? And what if this is one large part of the reason when it, which is many faceted in its layers and reasonings as to why water wisdom keepers have been so censored all throughout the ages? Because when you understand that through water, not just external waters, your drinking waters, ecological waters, but especially through your bio waters, the water that you're made of inside your your body temple, your living temple of God, that you in fact are a drop of God, because you are a drop of water and the way that you tend to those crystalline Christ waters is the same root word there. There's a reason for that because the more crystalline, the more structured your bio water, the more you tap into that Christ consciousness and that Christ frequency, the more you tend to and attune those bio waters, the more you really are able to channel this God force energy through your body because that water becomes more conductive. You have more life force energy, more prana, more mana, more chi in direct proportion to the health of your bio water. So if you look at all of the, um, kind of the do's and don'ts of scriptural teachings in different religions you know the 10 commandments or the yamas and niyamas or whatever they are you say okay well how do those things affect your bio water because maybe mm-hmm. it's not just you know be a good person or you'll go to hell but it's you know do these things which actually we're finding that the more you you stay in that state of of love, of compassion, of harmony, of forgiveness, all these all these quote-unquote commandments, the more you live a good life, actually your bio water stays a lot more structured. All of those are hydrating practices. And what happens when you don't, when you're in a state of stress, when you're in a state of judgment, when you're in a state of fear, all these quote-unquote sins, they destructure mm-hmm. your bio water and actually create inflammation in the body. Inflammation is dryness. It comes from the Latin inflamatio, which means to set on on fire. So literally you're you're engulfing your body in this kind of inflamatio, in flames, in this drying, heating, destructuring, dehydrating uh state of being. And so, you know, if we take all of the kind of trappings of morality and guilt and shame and blah blah blah, and all of the crap that religion has become ever since the Romans basically usurped it as a tool of imperialistic Rulership and and dominion, um, but we really get back to the essence of Christ's teachings, and and not just Christ, but you know, and as I said, it's in, it's in all the major scriptures and religions. Um, then, yeah, it's it's absolutely they are they are paths to awakening our bio water to full communion with this cosmic ocean of pure love, which is literally oceanic. You know whether we're measuring the universe at a subatomic scale, we measure it in terms of a superfluid. You know, uh, uh, subatomic physicists measure it in terms of a superfluid. Or if you're talking to astrophysicists, they also measure the macro scale of the cosmos in terms of superfluids as well. So from the micro to the macro, at every scale, the universe is is superfluidic and oceanic in nature. In this ocean. Has very definite properties to it, has very definite characteristics, not only that it is very similar to water, but also that it is in communion with water and also that it is unconditionally loving, just as water is.
0: Oh my gosh, Isabel. I mean, so many things. I felt like I was just kind of entranced there for a minute. (laughs) Oh, so, okay. Wait. So is inflammation in the body do, you know, inflammation because I'm in, I'm worked up, I'm stressed out. I'm judging. Is that hell? Like, is that the fires of hell?
1: Maybe. I mean, (laughs) there are a lot of different interpretations, of course, (laughs) um but i do you know if you if you look at um biblical scriptures the the descriptions of heaven and the descriptions of hell if you go straight to the scriptures and you're not listening to the the preachers who and their sermons about it and their interpretations and all that you go straight to the scriptures it doesn't talk about that happening after death it does yeah. talk about eternal life it does talk about eternal life which the more we discover about the nature of water um and hydration you know, it absolutely does tap us into incredible longevity, uh, the the potential for incredible longevity for sure, um, lengthening your telomeres, all of that kind of thing. But it doesn't say anywhere in those scriptures that these are things that happen after death. Mm-hmm. And you so know, there are a lot of different there are a lot of different uh, factors to the the internal biochemistry of of biblical scripture. So of course, you know, the Bible can be read in many, many, many different ways. One of the ways that it can be read is as an allegory for the Journey that your bio waters take through your body, uh, and the raising of the chrism oil or the Christ oil or the oil of anointment mm. that is a very specific refinement of the cerebral spinal fluid when certain metabolites in your cerebral spinal fluid actually get uh, upgraded and then they go through the journey in your spinal column. You know, thirty-three nice. vertebrae, thirty-three years of Christ, and then they get crucified um, at the the choroid plexus, I believe. And you know, there's there's an exact correlation between everything in the Bible and everything that happens in your body. Body. and um also you know we see that when people have more addictive Tendencies, especially uh, around food addiction and that kind of thing, there are more sulfuric compounds in the body. So, kind of this, not only sulfuric compounds, but also more inflammation. So, kind of this fire and brimstone thing. It's like you know, it's not punishment. It's just oh, this is just kind of the natural
0: consequence of
1: living out of balance. Is Yeah. yeah, you're gonna have imbalances in the body, and you're gonna feel like crud and you're gonna have fire and brimstone or inflammation and sulfuric compounds in your body it's just um yeah biology it's a beautiful beautiful mirroring of our of our bodies uh with god's creation
0: i love i mean that's so interesting i could talk about the like this esoteric stuff all day long like a lot of this is this is in your spirit of water course right for anybody who wants to go deep
1: yeah, totally. All yeah, this, cool. all the spiritual and esoteric stuff, and scriptural stuff, and indigenous wisdom teachings, and all that kind of—my favorite kind of stuff—to go into with water. It's about eighteen hours worth of teachings on the spirituality yes. of water, and it's <laughs> at Water Is Life Academy.
0: Um. So, and just like I feel like when I, I can't even put it into words, but learning this stuff about water from you, I feel like. I things started to make a little more sense to me. I remember telling you this a little bit, like if someone has, uh, experiences where like, like a dead relative comes to them in a dream, like that's happened to me. Well, and it's not like a normal dream. It's like a totally different experience or, um, you know, I know something's going to happen or already happened, but no one, you know, like things that we would call psychic, And things like that used to make me a little uncomfortable because I didn't, when they happened for myself, because I just didn't know how to understand it, you know, Mm -hmm. honestly, because it was like, well, I don't want to know certain things, you know, it just felt like it, like, what is the nature of reality if I'm knowing things before they happen, you know, or I'm knowing Mm -hmm. things that nobody told me that are happening simultaneously or whatever, but if water like if i think of water as god in the sense of like the dao not in the sense of like a sky god exactly you know in the sense of um a personified mm-hmm. sky god though that might be also happening but in the sense of this um uh force or this energy or this intelligence that moves through all things um that is like that Kind of explains or maybe fully explains like when someone has experiences that can't be rationally explained like that, like, I don't totally get how like, do you mind saying just a few thoughts about how that works at all for, for myself and anyone else who, (laughs) who wants to know?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, a lot of it is speculation, but a lot of it is kind of being borne out in in research, and a lot of it has just been practiced for centuries, um, (laughs) longer than centuries, for thousands of years, especially in indigenous cultures. So there's this understanding that because water is in such intimate communion with the ether, which is equally present in all time, space, and dimension, which means that there's no linear time, there's no linear sense of of, uh, direction in the the etheric field. It's all concurrently co-present and simultaneously existing and and fluidic, right? And so water, because the ether is the mind of water, um, has access to that infinite field of consciousness and awareness. And so, you know for example there have been cultures that have used a practice called hydromancy which is a type of divination where you can query water with any question and there are many 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 different forms of water divination of hydromancy um You know, the Kogi in Colombia, for example, they use a method where they drop beads into a gourd full of water, and the color of the bead determines the nature of the question. And they read the way that the bubbles come up from the water, and that gives them the answer or um, one of the most common cross-culturally is scrying. And in fact, that's actually how Nostradamus received all of his predictions. So all of the predictions of Nostradamus, which basically accurately foretold everything that was going to happen in the whole 20th century. um, And probably even before that, he got all of those from staring into a bowl full of water. And in more modern a more modern expression of hydromancy, Veda Austin, who's a brilliant uh, water researcher and friend and colleague. She has developed a method um, of macro scale crystallography. That's really accessible to anyone. You can do it right at home using just a Petri dish and a freezer. And she's discovered that the water is proactively communicating with her in symbols that she calls hydroglyphs, which she's developed a, a way of kind of uh, Creating a rosetta stone of deciphering what these different symbols mean. And you know, she's very rigorous about it. You know a, a symbol yeah. has to come up in association with a certain meaning at least fifty times before she'll say, Okay, this hydroglyph means this." And she also has people <laughs> around the world yeah. testing it yeah. and getting the same symbols. And so water is always communicating. And, you know, a lot of times, you can ask the water a question about the past or about the future, and and it gives these these incredible predictions. You know, there was uh, one story that Veda told about a woman who had questions about I forget the exact story, so I might butcher it here, but it was something to the effect of uh, someone had gone missing. It was kind of an unsolved murder or an unsolved case of a missing person, and so she asked the water, and it gave her an answer that made perfect sense and kind of put the puzzle pieces in place for. Her, but it wouldn't have made sense to anyone else, you know? So it was kind of providing that insight. And then there was another case where, you know, Veda showed the water her thumb, and then she put the water in the freezer and it came out and it had a picture of a thumb, but the thumb had a chip in the nail. Um, and she didn't really think much of it until a few hours later, she chipped her nail in that exact same place and just little things like that, you know, just little uh, or you know, there was one time that somebody asked her to. Um, asked her something about in conjunction with his daughter. And then the water basically said, oh, your daughter needs to be careful around stairs. Turns out the daughter was going to um, a a site of like an ancient temple or something like that, where there was going to be tons of stairs. She was going to be walking up and down all day as they were trekking. So little things like that. you know, Water is always in communion with the field, but I will say that water's capacity to commune with that field is in direct proportion to its health and crystallinity in the exact Uh-oh. same way that your cognitive capacities and your ability to tap in with your your full presence and your full awareness and your full cognition are in direct proportion to your own health um, so when you're sleepy or you're comatose or you're you know kind of sluggish you're not going to be able to really Show up full force. And the same is true of water. Most of the water that people are in contact with is bulk dormant water and it doesn't have the same ability to commune with the field in this way. But I think it's really interesting because, you know, even when we're talking about the waters inside of us, there are a lot of people who say that things like ESP um, and all of these different kinds of extrasensory perceptions um, and, and abilities are not. Synaptic. They're not cognitive. And anyone, everyone who's listening has had that sense of knowing at some point in your life, you know? And it's almost like a like a full body sensation, or it's like a it's it's not really not necessarily that it's a full-body sensation, but that it's not a thought. It's just a sensation, it's just a knowing. Well, there are a lot of people who say that. When there is psychic activity between two people, you know, reading each other's minds or something, that it's not because your synapses are firing and you're literally reading the thought patterns, but it's because the bio water, the cerebral spinal fluid specifically, is so incredibly conductive that it's carrying these waveforms and that it's actually the the CSF. Of the two people Mm -hmm. who are communicating in proximity, and we do know that water has this capacity for, um, um, wow, what's the word? It's not quantum coherence. It's a, it's kind of like transference. It's you know where one water can actually um, communicate information to another glass of water that is nearby it without them ever touching each other. Well, of course, the same thing happens with our bio water as well, Mm -hmm. and your cerebral spinal fluid can. Deliver a signal instantaneously, faster than the speed of light, to your entire nervous system, without a single synapse ever firing, without a single thought ever happening. The CSF the is or... delivering, mm-hmm, it's delivering like that your information paper. instantaneously. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that makes a lot of sense. And like Veda, like Veda Austin, I know has done stuff with like, and you probably have too, it's like setting a glass of really good quality living structured water next to a glass of, you know, water that's not in as good of shape, or she's doing it with eggs now. And like mm-hmm. that, they don't equalize, they don't meet in the middle in some sort of like, you know, uh, compromise, The the healthy water brings the other one up to its level.
1: Yes. And yes.
0: that's similar, right?
1: And that's the bad-ish. yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that's another one of these the divine qualities of water, you know, where we're told that that God is has this quality of grace, this quality of absolute, utter grace and forgiveness and redemption, and that there is salvation in Christ, the crystalline living waters, right? and that's really so true because you know grace is unearned favor yes. and when water baptizes oh. it baptizes everyone equally and i'm not just talking about you know a, a religious ritual where you go in and you know get dunked by a priest that's not the baptism i'm talking about i'm talking about when you go into a rainstorm or you go into a waterfall and you really lay your heart bare you lay your heart open and, and you allow water to to work its magic and its miracles in you, water doesn't turn away anyone. Water doesn't say, oh, but I see what you did last year. Oh, I don't know if I can wash that clean from your energetic field. No, she will literally wash everything from your energetic field. In fact, when I was living in Bali, I was studying Agamatirta, which is the holy water religion with um, some Balinese water priests down there, and they have a practice called Melukat, which is – Uh, similar to baptism, but unlike, you know, most people will get baptized maybe once in their life. Mellow cut, you do all the time. You do anytime. You do the new moons, you do the full moons, you do the holidays, you do, you know, weddings, you do anytime you feel off, anytime you just feel a little bit of like a wonky something in your field, you go to the water and you lay it in the water and you let the water take it because the water has this redemptive quality where it can bring anything into a higher state. If water were not... Pure divinity, then it would be like anything else mundane in which you would expect there to be like an evening or a leveling out of the frequencies, right? But because water is is so redemptive, it is pure grace. And it teaches us that again and again. And actually, you know, we can see this not only kind of in this, you know, metaphysical, esoteric, spiritual kind of way, but also very physiologically as well. So, you know, in the body, when uh when you have some kind of oxidative damage that has happened, you get excess free radicals, you know, whether that's from the presence of toxins or because you have, you know, mineral deficiencies in one area. And so mineral deficiencies are, are a type of dehydration because, of course, we're not just bodies of water, we're bodies of salt water. So you get this type of dehydration, you get more inflammation, you get more acidity in the body, and then you get these free radicals. Well, if you bring hydrogen, into that area, and hydrogen again, I believe to be the the spirit of water. You know, it's the foundational ingredient of water, and in fact, in Latin, hydrogen literally means hydro, water, and gen, creative. So the creative force, the creative energy, um, the creative spirit of water. When you bring hydrogen to that area, it has the most generous way of healing, where it just gives all of its extra energy. It gives all of its extra electrons to those free radicals to completely neutralize them. And the only uh byproduct is more water. So it will take this <laughs> it will take oxidative damage. And the, those hydrogens will bind with with the oxygens and then you just create more water. Whereas oh, it, anything else, you know, in allopathic Western medicine, it's gonna, you know, go and you know, target the free radicals and try to wipe out the, you know, reactive oxygen species. And it's going to, you know, try to kill off the pathogens and all that kind of stuff. No, water doesn't do that. Water is pure grace.
0: Yes. Oh, and is that through like just drinking high hydrogen water, like breathing hydrogen gases or like that, or is it something more specific?
1: Yeah, those would be the main ways. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah.
0: That's so beautiful. I love that. I mean, it's operating on a totally different level when you're contrasting it with an allopathic approach or with just the kind of our day to day reality. It's like, I don't have to fix this thing. (laughs) And, you know, it's like that can cause more residue and bullshit than even the problem in the first place, potentially. Water's like, nope. Hydrogen's like, no, we'll just actually transform this with no
1: residue. Yeah. Totally. Water just lubricates everything, it just makes everything flow. Like that's one of the most common things that I actually hear from people, you know, who have started kind of taking on these practices and kind of following some of my work or the clients that I work with, or, you know, things like that when they start really taking on some of the the hydration disciplines is like even people who are really healthy to begin with and they don't necessarily have, you know, different um illnesses or or problem areas in their lives or their bodies that they're hoping for relief from but they you know are already relatively healthy to start with the most common thing that i hear is like oh you know like everything just feels like smoother in mm-hmm. my life. Like everything just feels a little bit more, I guess, lubricated is my word. I wouldn't say that they would mm-hmm. say lubricated, but but um that it's just kind of easier to just be yourself. It's just kind of easier to flow things, roll off your back more easily. You don't get as tense as easily. Um, You feel like meditation is more enjoyable and you're more prone to want to do it instead of feeling like, oh, I really should sit down on my meditation. Oh, I really should go do my practice or like whatever it is. It just makes, it just makes everything flow better. You know, Mm, that makes sense.
0: Okay. So will you talk about, uh, like you mentioned, you don't have to go deep into all the things I suppose we'll see (laughs) but like the difference, you know, it's like we have, most people are on tap water. They're just drinking the municipal tap water. And, um, like, what is like, what is healthy living water? Like what, could you paint that picture just a little bit without, you know, we don't have to go into all of the ways to get there or whatever, but just, um, painting that picture.
1: Yeah, for sure. So if somebody does want to go into all of the ways to get there and all of the techniques and the practices and dive into the science and all of that, I have a course called navigating the waters, uh, which is at waters life academy. And that's, it's only 33 bucks. It's a seven day course and it's doesn't take that long to go through, but it'll really give you all the codes. Um, but I would say just as kind of a general helpful. overview. Oh, you did that one?
0: Oh, yeah. I did it awesome. right away. I was like, I need to know all this right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's kind of like my my foundational like intro, like, okay, welcome to the rabbit hole. Let's dip our toes in the water kind of course. Um, so the main thing that I like to encourage people to do is to just mimic nature because ultimately our biology expects us to be drinking spring water. That's what all of our ancestors have drunk. That's what is most natural and and the highest quality water comes directly from the earth, right? And so in most cases, and this surprises a lot of people, but actually in most cases, you can still do that no matter where you live. You can go to findaspring.com and find a local spring and just go forage the highest quality water. And it's free and it's right there and it's a beautiful pilgrimage Mm -hmm. and it has a cascade of benefits that are far too numerous to mention. And then your work is done. You don't need any of the fancy (laughs) water alchemy tools, you know, just go forage. As God intended, uh, get it straight from the source.
0: I haven't found one near where I live other than one that's underneath a golf course. Isn't that so sad? <laughs> um yeah, I mean the substance itself though. Um yeah, thank you so much for saying that because it's like I think a lot of people don't know that. Um, but in terms of like what makes it different? Like what makes this water, what makes healthy spring water? Um, like what qualities does it have that's so or what qualities you mm-hmm. know does she have that's so different from bulk water?
1: Yeah, so there are numerous. Um for one spring water is incredibly clean because it's gone through all of the layers of filtration within the geology of the earth that pull off the larger particulates um, and kind of nullify any pathogens that might be in there you know there are so many layers of sediment and layers of rock and layers of soil and layers of clay and all of these things that will, uh, detoxify the water. So it's clean. It's also really well-structured. So the crystallinity of the water is incredibly uh, intact. That's mm-hmm. the hydrogen bonds that form within the uh, the water molecules. And that's really important to the water's bioavailability, to its ability to conduct energy, vibration, frequency, and information, and to whether or not it is alive you know, I mean, the main thing about if I was just going to sum it up in one word and say the difference it, with spring water is that the spring water is alive. It was born from the earth, right? It is a living thing, and that crystallinity is a big part of that. Also, it is well-balanced. So generally, um, it has a really good mineral profile. And when we dissolve minerals into water, we call those electrolytes. And those electrolytes are another uh, one of the factors that gives water its capacity to conduct life force energy and to give energy vibration um, and electricity to your cells, raises your cellular voltage, that kind of thing. Um, so, the minerality of the water is intact. Also, generally speaking, because the water has been moving and flowing and dancing, you know, it doesn't just uh, come up to the surface of a spring in a straight line. It's actually drawn mm-hmm. up through a vortex of lunar gravity. And along the way, it gets really well aerated. So, Um, the aeration of water is important. Just like we need to breathe, water also needs to breathe, needs to exchange gases like oxygen and carbonic acid. In fact, some springs, the highest quality springs in the entire world, not only have a lot of dissolved oxygen in them, they also have a lot of dissolved hydrogen gas within them. And those are like the miracle healing springs where pilgrims go and they are cured of all kinds of illnesses. Um, The water is energized, By energized, I mean it has uh, specific information encoded into it. So, you know, water, as we said before, is highly sensitive. It's always paying attention to its environment. In fact, you could call it the sensory organ of the universe or the sensory organ of God. She's always feeling and perceiving everything in the environment from very, very, very subtle vibratory stimuli all the way to, um, you know, light and sound and color and all of these things. Water in nature has received, you know, the the sound of the birds and the vibration of the Schumann resonance of the earth and mm. the magnetism of the geomagnetic rock formations as it's coming up to the surface of a spring and the specific colors of green that filters through the leaves and the trees onto the spring head as the sun shines through them and the, you know, the uh, cycles of the moon and the uh, light signatures of the stars, all of these things are very important for making water a very well-rounded, healthy whole and what Schauberger would call a mature water. And so spring water, although it is a um although it's a young water, it's very vibrant and newborn, um, has this aspect of of maturity to it. Unlike juvenile water or premature water, which is kind of what most people drink, which has very different energetic and, and emotional signatures and very different um, energy signatures to it. So the water is well energized at a spring. And then it's also um, has a, a broad spectrum, generally speaking, of microorganisms. So when you drink natural spring water, you are basically taking nature's version of a probiotic supplement because there are all of these beneficial microflora and microfauna and, um, and mycobiota and all of these things within the water that your body expects that your body needs, right? We are 1.3 other organisms to every one of our own cells. We are a diverse <laughs> ecosystem of living beings, but we need more diversity in our systems. You know, we in the Western world, we're suffering from this massive microbiome depletion, mm-hmm. and not only is that because of the food that we're eating, but also because all of the water that we're drinking is dead, devitalized, and has been completely robbed of its of its microbiome. And, and that's like, you know, water can't survive without the life within it, just like you can't survive without your microbiome and your cells that are the lives within you. So basically spring water is just a whole well-rounded uh, living water. Just like we don't want to eat really processed food. We don't want to drink really processed water. We want to eat whole food that has the whole range of macro and micronutrients within it, because we know that if we take wheat And we process it down to white flour. We've taken something medicinal. We've turned it into a poison. If we take the coca plant and we process it into cocaine, we've taken something medicinal. We've made it into a poison. If we take the sugar cane and we process it down to refined white sugar, you know, it's the same. It's the same with water. If you take beautiful living spring water and you process it to shit through all of these industrial techniques that most people don't give a second thought to, you've taken something that is. Nature's purest medicine, the purest living liquid life force that you could possibly consume. And you've turned it into something that's actually going to rob energy from your body. You know, most people don't don't know this, but some types of water actually dehydrate you over time. Yeah. It takes a lot more energy for your body to process it than you actually like, get from that water.
0: Like low mineral water definitely dehydrates you, right?
1: Yeah, like reverse osmosis yeah. and distilled water and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are That's very juvenile so- waters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's been linked to things like uh, diuresis and heart disease in the long term. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely <laughs> it, it might quench your thirst for a moment on the palate, but long term, you know, your body needs a whole, well-rounded living water.
0: So I'm going up uh, to my friend's family's land in a few days, and they have a lot of springs up there, and nice. it's like four or five hours away. So I'm like I'm so excited to collect water. I haven't mm. done
1: it. Um, they're well I'm stoked for you. That's gonna be a I beautiful know. pilgrimage.
0: It's um we go there every Fourth of July, but I last year I think I forgot to bring my uh, my jugs, and then before then I didn't think to do it. I mean their their house is on a well, and the the water it's the same. It's from the same source, and it tastes delicious. But like the there's all these creeks that are fed by the springs and. Uh, yeah. Is there anything I need to keep in mind? I mean, it's all like, um, ranch land, like there's, um, cattle pastures and stuff. And I'm not going to get the water tested. I'm just going to drink it, you know, but is there anything I can do to just be like, feel confident or like, I don't, I'm not going to like have a spring that's right next. I'm not going to drink from a spring that's like, looks like it's down, down the way from like a bunch of cow shit. But, um, other than that, like I'm probably fine. Right.
1: I mean, as long as you're getting the water directly from the very, very source point, right, where it's first bubbling up and not from mm. downstream, then I would say, no, you don't have much to worry about. And I would I would also say that the water at the higher elevations is going to be a little bit higher quality.
0: I know. We don't have that here in that area, but I could do my best.
1: Yeah, even if it's just kind of hilly or- I don't A little know. higher, yeah. Yeah. A little,
0: yeah, totally. Um yeah, because I, I don't think you'd have too much to worry about in terms of... So it's all sand, like it's not rock or soil. I mean, there's probably rock, but it's it's all... Do you know this about in Nebraska? We have an area, like a huge, huge area that's all sand?
1: No, I didn't know that. I actually, now that you mention it, I don't know much about Nebraska at all. <laughs> well, people don't know about this.
0: It's um, it's called the Sandhills. And I grew up in in the city in southeastern Nebraska. So this was not my world growing up at all like my first time going there I was 22 and I was asking my girlfriend like is that a sand hill and she's like you know finally she's like it's not like there's a sand hill and a not sand hill you're in the sand hills it's all (laughs) sand it forms hills (laughs) like everything is sand and I finally get out of the car and I'm like it's actually sand like it's actually sand (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's no soil. She's like, yeah, it's all sand. <laughs> wow, no, I had <laughs> it's an no ancient, idea. That's
1: so cool.
0: Yeah, it's an ancient seabed, and wow. uh, it's it's beautiful. It feels like you're right by the ocean, but then there, the ocean's just always out of sight. There's all these grasses growing out of the sand, and and anyway, but so if there's some sort of contamination on the surface, by the time it probably gets down to the water that's bubbling up as a spring, like that wouldn't really be necessarily a huge concern.
1: Well, when water falls you know as rain, it gets filtered by all of the layers of geology on its way down to the aquifer. And then generally speaking, depending on the aquifer and depending on you know how deep it is and other factors, the water could be there for hundreds, even thousands of years before it comes back up again. And then on mm-hmm. its way back okay. up to the spring, it again goes through all of those same layers of geology that filter the water really beautifully. Now I'm not going to say that across the board, all springs, you know, without exception sure. are completely safe because of course there's fracking in some areas and there's, you know, you never know. Um, but generally speaking, springs are safer than tap water. Springs yeah, are safer I than bottled water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that that's true. <laughs> oh, after I got back from Mexico, I, from your retreat, like I was still, you know, I was in Tulum and then Cancun afterwards, and it was that Cristal water, but I had my latte frother, and I had my water songs, and I was, you know, getting it all in better shape to drink, and it still tasted really, really good, you know, and I was feeling mm-hmm. really, really good, and then I get into Omaha, and I don't have any more water at that point. I'm out, and the water, like, it was, I, I tried the water,
1: because mm-hmm.
0: I didn't have any, and it tasted and like i opened the water bottle that my friend brought me in, and like the smell and even before tasting it it wasn't just chlorine like it smelled so bad
1: yeah yeah once you've experienced real living water it is it's hard to go back and oh and goodness. recognize you know what what people are actually regularly putting into their bodies, you know, it's really heartbreaking. Right. And, and it, you know, when you know better, you do better. But until you have that visceral experience, it's like, you know, people ask me all the time, oh, you know, I just, I never really feel like drinking water. I don't think I'm thirsty because I just don't feel like drinking water or it doesn't taste good to me. Or, you know, when you've experienced living water, your body is going to crave that. It's gonna love that. It's going to know that if it asks you for water, if it tells you that it's thirsty, it's gonna receive something that is actually going to be good for it. But if all you've given your body over the course of your lifetime is that kind of swag, it's gonna stop telling you it's thirsty. It's gonna stop asking you for water. No, right. And that's most people don't drink that much water for that reason. That and that and other reasons too. I think our palates have become, you know, hyper, hyper overstimulated by all the all the flavors in and, and processed food, but that's another story.
0: <laughs> no, but totally like I, where I live, most people don't have water filters. And when I was a kid, I remember the tap water here, like it had a chlorine taste. And I think they probably did use chlorine at the time. Now they use chloramine, but there was something about the water here that actually tasted really good. Like it had mm. this, it's very mineral rich, like it tasted so good to me. And it's not like that anymore at mm. all. Like it doesn't taste good anymore, but most people don't even have a basic water filter at all um and i don't understand
1: yeah that's (laughs) most people and chloramine is tricky even trickier than chlorine actually because chloramine will like stay in there it's a lot more tenacious
0: that's what i learned from your course that's why i still i have this like little um in this over the same uh water filter that's catalytic carbon because i learned from your course that that will get rid of the chloramine like whereas a basic carbon filter won't touch it Um, I hope I have that right, but I haven't found the, like, I really want a whole house filter, but I'm not sure. Like the, the one that you would recommend it is carbon block instead of catalytic carbon. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know which one to get. I haven't figured that out yet.
1: Which one did I recommend?
0: Oh, I don't know. It was, it sounded really lovely. It was like, it, uh, was a, it was a carbon block filter, like a whole house one you have installed that also structures the water. Like it has something Mm -hmm. on it that, um gets it going in a vortex or something um after it goes through the carbon block
1: yeah so i'm thinking the one that i probably recommended in that case it's really unique actually i really like that one because so most of the carbon filters they kind of condense all of the contaminants together in this layer of as, as the contaminants are filtered out of the water, they basically just accumulate in the filter. And so anytime you pass water through the filter, yes, it's taking out the physicality of the toxins, but it's actually exposing the water to even more toxins in passing. And right. so all of the water is taking on the vibrate, the, the the vibratory and energetic signatures of all of this like increasing layers and layers and layers of toxic crap in the filter that it's passing through. So that's not really ideal. Like you're sure you're taking out the physical stuff, but of course you're creating a homeopathic dose of toxins by exposing it to the vibratory, the vibrations of that stuff. So um, this particular filter that I'm I'm thinking is probably the one that I recommended to you is actually more like, like kind of like an ant hill. If you can picture an ant hill in your mind, how it has all of those um twisting labyrinthine tunnels all the way through it, all of these tiny little canals um in every direction that end in little caves or they connect to one another, whatever. So it's like that. It's very porous in that way. And so the water is traveling through and rather than uh, regular carbon block filter that's just going to accumulate thick layers of toxins. In this case, in the case of this one, it will actually deposit those toxins in secluded little tucked away corners mm-hmm. of little tunnels and things like that. So you know, of course, the water is still going to be exposed to some of the toxins um, that were taken out of the water previously, but not all of them in the same way. And so it's um, much better vibrationally speaking for the water.
0: Mm, what, what's
1: it called? Um, it's called the HD nine or the HD 24. Oh, that yeah, well, that's, that's the structurer. Um, yeah. but if you search for the HD nine or the HD 24 on the website, it'll pop up with the filter as well.
0: That yeah. That was it. the one you recommended, but does that work for water with chloramine? It should. It should. Okay. Yeah. I had the impression it was, um, I had the impression perhaps mistakenly, that it was the type of carbon filter that wouldn't take out the
1: chlorine. This one is this one is one of the most effective filters out there. Yeah, I really really Okay, I'm gonna get it because you it's 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 affordable. Okay, this is great. (laughs) Yeah, and I think you have my twenty percent off code too. Yeah,
0: no, you totally and actually,
1: I mean Oh, we're on the podcast. I can share that code with everybody here. <laughs> oh, that's um,
0: everybody get it. Okay.
1: Who's a homeowner. <laughs> it's a good one. It's definitely a good one. So the, I typically I give a 10% off code, but for the listeners and for you, of course, if you, uh, if you use the code water is life dash 20 on that one, you should get 20% off.
0: Is, do I have to know about capitalization or anything? I don't think it matters. What water is life dash 20. Oh, that is so sweet of mm-hmm. you. I'm, get everybody should get it the water (laughs) like shit um so (laughs) thank you so much um yeah I was even bothering them about it I didn't want to bother you again so I emailed their support but they never got back to me and I was like I did I need to figure this out um so that's really exciting so um I feel like we could talk about a million things. I definitely want to give you space to share anything you want to share, but I wondered if you would sing us a, a water song, a water blessing song that people could enjoy and also take with them to sing to their waters as part of their water practices if they want that.
1: Well, I would be happy to. Um, which water song should we sing? Mm. Um. I know there's so many. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Okay. This is a song that is like just a really sweet, simple little song that you can sing to the water. And it basically means um, water, little water, little healer, teach me the path, teach me how to walk the path. Um, And then I think it says, you know, for healing our hearts, teach us to walk the path, or something like that. Okay, mm. and it's in Spanish, but the words are pretty. The words are pretty simple, and I can send them to you if you want, and you can put them in the show notes so people can. Oh, find that's it. lovely. Yeah. So it goes. Agua <clears throat> curante Enseñame el camino, yarí, ri ri ri, ri, ri. Para curar mi corazóncito, curanderito. Enseñame el camino, yarí, ri ri, ri 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 Agua aguita curanderita, enséñame el camino yarí rí Para curar mi corazoncito, curanderito, enséñame el camino yarí beautiful thank you You just how to walk the path water
0: (laughs) that's one of the things I love the most about coming back from Mexico and do like I have a whole like I sing water songs to my I get like a gallon ready and I sing water songs Mm. it's been really a beautiful practice I've been
1: I've done every single day Oh I love that. Thank you for sharing. I'm so glad that practice is stuck with you. And yeah, if anybody's listening where um wants to come to one of their retreats, we're going to be doing another one here yes. in Tulum in February.
0: You're doing another one in Tulum in February?
1: Yeah. Yes. So we're going to we're going to do it again. I haven't officially announced it yet. I think this is the first public announcement I made, but <laughs> we're basically uh finalizing all the details and yeah, that's the plan.
0: Oh my god. Um, is it going to be, is it going to be similar? Are you making big Mm -hmm. changes to how you're doing it or?
1: No, it's basically the same. (laughs) 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 you find something that works, you stick with it.
0: (laughs) Totally. What, um, and you have one coming up in Colorado, right?
1: Yeah, there's one in Colorado. So that one's already sold out. Um, that one's happening in August, August 17th to, uh, the, no August 15th through the 19th and that one's much different that's a whole different vibe it's a bit shorter it's you know much different um in purpose and energy but yeah there's there's going to be quite a few water retreats coming up so stay posted awesome
0: yeah I was like of course you're coming to Colorado like that's like very close to me right I could just drive there um and I go to the one in Tulum and I'm like well I'll probably go to the (laughs) Tulum one again (laughs)
1: Well, we do have some day passes available on Saturday for that weekend. If you wanted to drive over to Manitou Springs and join us for that Saturday.
0: I might bother you about that because I'm gonna. I think I'm honestly gonna be in Colorado anyway for my friend's oh my daughter's baptism, um, and I'm gonna have a
1: little. I'm gonna take a little extra time.
0: Um, so I'll check in with you about the Beautiful. day and see if that works
1: out. Yeah. I oh, wanna- it would be so great to see. you. Yeah, it'd flesh? be. It'll be like a little reunion. Uh. Steve and Marina and Brett will all be there, yeah. and it's gonna be good vibes. Una's gonna be there. <laughs> the
0: mysterious Una. Great, <laughs> mysterious <laughs> Una
1: in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I thought that was super, super great that you were, that you're doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. And so for anyone, for anyone listening who wants to know more, like a lot of your, like your teaching stuff is all online. So, and it's um, a lot of evergreen stuff. Like someone right now could just go buy your spirit of water course or your, um, the one about like uh, cellular hydration and health. Like they could just like buy that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's all evergreen. Although I think I might do a live version of Spirit of Water again this year at some point as well, but it's all um, available for anyone at any time.
0: I mean, that's so, so wonderful. I love that you do that. I, it kind of annoys me when people have the capability to have their work as evergreen, but then they're like, oh no, I only release it once a year <laughs> to make it like really exciting. And it's like for this stuff, it just is like, we should all have access, you know, we should learn this. Um, You know, like it should
1: be available. I totally agree. And and I also feel like there's pros and cons and, you know, benefits and drawbacks to both because I know I do this all the time to the point where I don't even sign up for courses anymore because I know if I sign up for it, I'm just not going to do it. (laughs) So if it's like, if it's a live event and we're meeting and there's, you know, there's engagement, then there's something that's happening in real time, then it it helps me to kind of go through the content. Whereas if I sign up for something that's evergreen, I generally feel like, oh, I can do that whenever. So, you know, I'll do that next week or whatever. So there's definitely a balance to be found. That's why I'm trying to, I'm trying to balance it, you know, for the people that it works really well to do it in your own timing, it's available for them. And then for the people who really need that personal engagement. We're gonna have it live again later this year as well. Good. So oh I'm just so
0: glad that it's available. And um yeah. Oh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? I'm so so happy. I'm so happy that you've been, you know, been here and we're having this conversation. I just so appreciate it. But yeah, anything uh, you wanted
1: to Yeah, I'm so grateful to be here with you too. It's been a really enjoyable conversation and I'm honored that you invited me on. And I think the only final thing that I would want to share with everybody is that um, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, water is calling you. No matter what relationship you currently have with water, deepening that relationship is one of the most profoundly uh, insightful and illuminating Things that you can do. Water is life, and connecting to that source of life is absolutely life changing in so many ways. And we are really at a watershed moment on the planet right now where our relationship with water is what will determine ultimately whether we survive or thrive, whether we live or die on this planet, and whether those who do survive will be able to do so with any kind of quality of life or quality of health. The more we privatize water, the more we commodify life itself and the lives of all of those who need water to live. And so not only is water calling you intimately and spiritually to come to know god through her to come to know yourself deeper through the waters that you're made of not only is water calling you into deeper levels of health and vibrancy and vivacity and thriving in your body higher levels of of energy and focus and presence and balance in your mood um and in your health but water is really also calling your uh calling your warrior nature forward, calling for your guardianship, calling for your stewardship because it is not like we are humans who need to protect the waters of this planet. We are water protecting herself. We are all drops of the same water. The water that we are currently made of is just borrowed from the watershed that we are a part of and when Mm. we pass away it will evaporate and become a part of that watershed again therefore we all have a debt of responsibility to pay to the watersheds that we are intimately a part of and restoring that reciprocity restoring that sense of belonging and of stewardship is one of the most sacred duties and the most meaningful callings that we can take on in this life So I really call people to step forward into that. And you will find that the more you do so, the more you step into your full, true potential as a human, as a living body of water in general.
0: Mm, Thanks for bringing all that home. We didn't even get there in terms of that kind of side of things. So thank you for presencing that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, gladly. Thank you so much for providing a a space and container for this conversation. Thanks Mm -hmm. for the invitation. Aw, oh, blessings.
0: Blessings. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend that you think would like it as well. Leave a five-star review if you're on iTunes or Spotify. That really helps the show get found. This is still just a baby podcast. This is episode 14. So any community support is really, really loved and really appreciated. Thank you so much. If you want to connect with me further, I'm not on social media. You can go to my website, uh, art. There you can book a reading. You can also buy the Know Your Chart, Know Yourself workshop. And I have my secret art page on there, which is just soilandstars.art slash secret art page where you can uh, look at my prints, buy my art, etc. So... Yeah. That's how you can connect further. All the relevant links will be below in the show notes and that's about it. I hope you have a great day and uh, be well until next time.